Welcome to the Happy on the Inside podcast, the podcast where you will learn the secrets of living a happy and fulfilled life from people who live that way every day. I'm your host, Anna Ditchburn, and let's get started. Gary Mala, welcome to the Happy on the Inside podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy on the inside and outside to be with you. It's an honor, and I was just so happy and joyful when you invited me. So thank you so much for thinking of me and inviting me to share my life and how I see life. Thank you so much for coming. And Gary, first time I I learned about you when I was reading the book, uh, when all boards right? And uh, I was just starting with my coaching practices and uh, I was experiencing a lot of fear of rejection, uh, doubting myself, um, fear of unknown. And then in this book, you've offered uh, to play the game, the service game. And I, w- I want to talk about this a little bit later, but it just changed my perspective on coaching. It took all the pressure away from me. So, And I wanted to say thank you so much. And we met personally uh, at the Ultimate Experience Coach in India now. And then you said uh, such an amazing word that even further <laughs> changed my life. And you said, and you said, relax your eyes, give up the fight, and let things to come into your life. And if you want a peace, then why are you fighting? What? So profound. Could you could you expand a little bit more? If you want to be give up the fight, how do you do this? Well, the way that I've come to understand that happiness that we speak to on the inside comes from the allowance of every sensation, emotion to come so there's a surrender that i give to all of life i call it i'm filled with joy and i delight in all of life in brackets i say not just the good parts and it's really this practice of quiet stillness alone that allows me to sit with things that are uncomfortable and to breathe through them and to forgive myself for judging myself for things that I take responsibility for, that I feel guilty of. And in this surrender, it allows me to take that time and something always happens. Something always happens in who I am being that when the sensations and the feelings subside, I, I rise up into something and that something creates a joy that is palpable. So this is how I'm able to be with all of life. And I take time in creation of myself before I go to sleep. And then my mind does what it does. And when I wake up in the morning and I prepare myself for the day and then there's a humming or a buzzing of connection that occurs within myself. This is how I 
I am able to create. Thank you so much for sharing, Gary. I know you're living your dream life at the moment with your beautiful two children and your wife Kanako in Tokyo. But Gary, how did your life look like before you decided to live your dream life? It's funny because on the outside, probably in the 1990s, everyone would say I was living my dream life. I was earning great money. I was running a business that a family business that I was co-founder in. I had everything. I had a little red sports car. I had a beautiful condominium. But inside, I was not happy. There was no joy. I was completely enamored with looking good. So everything in my life, everything that I tried to produce was for me to look good. So everything within that business, just looking good, that gave me, it fed me, but I was empty inside. And it was something shifted when I came to Japan for the first time and I saw the Buddha in Nara and I saw his peaceful visage, his face. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I want. And over a period of years, I began to fall in love with every part of me. And that brought me to become ready to meet my wife, become ready to actually step into leaving that position, which I was basically chained to a desk and factory 13 hours a day. It was always on my mind to leaving in Tokyo for two years, finding myself, finding what was next and actually creating a prototype of the current life that I'm living. So it's so interesting that in 2008, I moved here, lived here for two years, and now we're living here for almost two years. And I'm doing the same thing that I did then, but on a greater, grander scale in an international business with two children. So it went from two years of really not knowing what I wanted, but really being happy because I was free of the constraints of things that were keeping me not fulfilled, not doing what I knew my work was in the world. In those two years, prototype myself for what I'm currently doing. My wife always says, you're always happiest when you've got clients or you're talking to people or you're with people or you're doing a podcast. That's when you're happiest, when you're being of service. I can agree with you and I can, um, I can resonate with you. I was exactly the same. I had a job. I had a good job, which I loved. I had a car. I had a house. I had everything to be happy. But inside was something missing. Gary, why do you think people trying to achieve all these things on the outside? Where is it coming from? Why are we chasing the external success? such a powerful question i think it's what we've been taught first of all a scarcity mindset we were taught that we need to be afraid and worry we need to always be doing something or else some kind of catastrophe will occur 
and we're afraid. We're afraid if we don't produce or we don't do what we're supposed to do that we will be lacking. So there's the external things that we're taught and then there's this internal fear that we are separate from everybody and we need to protect what's ours. And it's really a heartbreaker of a life that we've kind of inherited as human beings because we forget our connection with something greater than ourselves and each other. And I think this is where this coming home, so to speak, that you experienced, that I experienced, that we experienced in seeing our life and how much sadness we've had in trying to achieve. And once we achieve what we set out to do, it's like, so what? There's no satisfaction in that. But I really think it's it's inherent in human beings to worry, to be afraid of what will be happening to try and create security. And the funny thing is, in life, there is no security. But if we cultivate a security within ourselves and knowing of ourselves and a connection to something greater than ourselves, mm. oh my gosh, the world opens up and that allows you and me and Laban and everyone to, that we know the people that went to India at this magnificent event to trust and step into the unknown powerfully. And we're mm -hmm. always taken care of always taken care of. Mm -hmm. I love it, Gary, because I was associated myself with my job and I felt if I have a job, if I have a house, if I have a stable life, this is a security. But now it was taken away from me like within one day when I left Australia and I left Australia with one bag <laughs> on my back and all these, uh, <laughs> I know, the story, all these material, material things, they were left behind and I was just on my own with myself. And you know what I told, I told to myself, all I need is me. That's all. And I can create the life of my dreams. And that's what is happening. Some people, some people who I speak to, they think, yeah, but I need money. I need money to travel. I need money to live. I need money to buy food. Like, what would you respond to those people? I need to I, I, hold tight to their particular job. Well, well, I'd say they're right. <laughs> money is the currency of the world, but we don't need to hold tight. We don't need to hold on tight with white fists. We don't need to be in fear of it. So yes, I mean, things, this is the way the world works. However, you take a look at currency, current, water, currency, money. Currency is based on what we give from our heart into the world. If we give from our heart, from a place of love, that service, you're mentioning the service game, that service is felt. If somebody sees a need and decides to fill it without being asked or in a way that is helpful to someone, people will really resonate with that. And this is everything. This is everything. 
So if you're in a job and you do more than is asked of you, if you are wholehearted, you will succeed. People will want and give you more. If you know who you are, you will be growing. But everyone's in this fear. What is your antidote to fear, Gary? I sit within the sensation that is brought around a thought that is causing some trouble. So thoughts shoot chemistry in my body. So let's say if you are afraid of something happening or not happening, that will be shooting the chemistry in the body. And it's our thoughts are the things that instantaneously shoot out into the world vibrationally and also internally. So what I do is when I'm afraid and I'm uncertain, I will sit with the sensation that is caused. I won't necessarily try and imagine what's the solution to the idea. An example might be that my son, I just said, went into grade five here three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago was his last day of grade four. And he laid a bombshell on us. He let us know that grade four in Japan was very hard for him. And the Japanese Chinese characters are very hard and they were way advanced. And he did a test where he didn't know any of the answers and the kids were bullying him. We didn't know this. We didn't know what to do. And we're like, what will we do? So this is something really stressful as a parent. Like, what are we gonna do? Should we put him in a lesser grade, move him to another school? We didn't know what to do. We just sat with him. So I sat and allowed him to express his sadness, why he didn't share with us, to express his shame. And it took him several days before it would all come out. And I just said, it's fine, it's fine. So I do the same thing with my emotions as I did with my son. And I said, whatever happens, please don't worry. This year, this does nothing to your schooling in Canada. When you go back this year, you don't have to worry. If you want to go into a lesser grade, it's not going to matter. If you want to go to a different school, that doesn't matter. If you want to go to international school, it doesn't matter. So I do the same thing with myself in these situations. And what I really find is when the breakdown occurs within myself or within my wife or with my son, that love, care, and attention creates space and a wisdom always comes. A closeness always comes. So this is what I do. I just embrace what the sensation is. I breathe into it. I see where there is self-judgment. And I forgive myself for the judgment I heap upon myself. And a wisdom comes. My document, my personal internal commitment statement all comes from Fears that I've had about myself, which I don't believe anymore because I've forgiven and wiped away all of the judgment. And if more judgment comes, I just sit with it. I love this answer because we really need to understand where this fear is coming from. What are you most fearful uh, of? And most uh, common, we are afraid of something that is not even happening. 
and who knows if it's gonna happen at all. And you you mentioned your personal commitment. I am statement. Would you share with us what are your I am statements and why is it so important to make this declaration for yourself? So mine is a document that is evolving. It's a living, breathing document that changes over time. And it is born of a year's work in person with Steve Hardison, where I went through every traumatic, difficult situation that was holding me captive, sensing every time something occurred with rejection or fear around money or fear around loss or fear around who I am or where I'm not measuring up. So every statement that I say comes from a statement that I used to believe that was true about myself that I've spent a year with and I spent every day with as they come up and I sit with those sensations and I create myself daily. So. I am infinite stillness, born of ease and flow. I'm pure connection to the all-powerful, and I create what it wants. I receive what I want, always, and often in ways that I can't yet appreciate. I'm generous and warm-hearted. I'm freedom. I'm loving, patient, and kind with all of life. I am love coming from love. I am forgiveness and understanding. This is the first part of my document. I sit within this multiple, multiple times a day. When life is overwhelming and I don't know what to do, I just sit and feel the sensations, forgive myself for judging myself, for believing that I'm guja guja, that's Japanese, for all mixed up. And I just said, and I am, I am infinite stillness. Before this, I was doing a very Japanese thing. I went to the gym, took a shower, and I was sitting in the bath for half an hour preparing for this. And I was creating who I am. I am free. I am free to be loving and love in every situation. I am free to be a masculine energy that sees through what's visible into what is invisible and to be able to be with things that are difficult or impossible to be with. Mm -hmm. Because I create my world in this way, I am fearless, bold, and courageous, and I take empowered action. So this is just part, and it just goes on. I love my wife, my son, my daughter with all my might. I lay my life down for them. That is a part of it. I am dazzling. That's a part of it. And I mix it all up and I put it together and I just bathe. It's like, you know, when they say they bathe in the Ganges and they're purified, I bathe in this. That generates tremendous energy. It, it creates joy. It creates the ability to see life and say, in this being that is called Gary, connected with source, sharing what I do in my own flavor and not being separated from my source. Oh my God, I've got the power of the universe flowing through me and I can create, 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 create. Thank you so much. And your I am statement is so powerful. I think 
it's a really great reminder for people who we can be if we want to. And really, the invitation is to be with who you currently are, where you currently are, and befriend who you currently are. Fall in love who you currently are. <laughs> Allow the forgiveness of self-judgment to wash away, to wipe away the old ideas so that everything that I create from my statement, there is no undercurrent occurring. This is why I'm constantly cleaning, like in Ho'oponopono, cleaning the data, cleaning the ideas that I have about myself. And life will always give me things to remind me of who I'm not, of who I was. And I will react in ways that maybe I used to, and I will forgive myself for judging myself for impatience, for fear, for separation. And I will sit within this. And then from there, there's nothing left. There's a space. And that's where a declarative statement can come in. And I really believe in that space when we're connected, it is our source that gives us these powerful statements. And I just know from my work through a year and the transformation over years, this statement carries the full weight of the universe. And I know it because I live it daily. I cultivate it. I nurture it. I love it. I come back to loving my wife, my son, and my daughter with all my might. I lay my life down for them. And if I forget, and sometimes I do, I am love coming from love. I am forgiveness and understanding with myself. And I just come back to doing my job. I love my wife, my son, my daughter with all my might. I just come back. I come back. I come back. And this is what I was taught by my, my magnificent coach. And this is what he does over and over and over and over. And I just embrace all of life. And this allows that happiness from the inside and I embrace when I'm not happy. I embrace when I am fearful. I embrace these things. So I'm able to love all of life. All of life is available to me. I'm a human being. And there's happiness, even in the sadness. You just mentioned a very powerful uh, thing. The first one, you need to clear what your old beliefs, uh, your thoughts, um, your uh, old declarations about yourself. And then when you are completely empty, then you create a new declaration. Yes. Rather than trying to replace, because the mind won't, won't believe. Like, no, suddenly you became a courageous. No way. You were always fearful. I love this. You need to clear what's in there. And then we always forget and sleep off those declarations. And it's very important to physically bring yourself back, no matter what, and embrace what you feel right now. I love it. I love it so much, Karen. I want that statement. I want that. I love it so much. How did you come up with this statement? And what has helped you to achieve in your life? It, it really came from that seeing this Buddha. I remember it was a humid, warm day in Japan. 
were going into this temple and somehow in there because of it there's a cool breeze coming in and i'm not really into buddhist but i just remember stepping over this huge entryway and i see this buddha and it just stops me in my tracks and i just remember my heart saying i want that like i remember like it's it's desire it was like I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of being happy when things are going my way. I'm tired of being miserable the rest of the time. I just want that. It's an internal yearning. It's a desire. In the way of mastery, it speaks to desire being the seed to something shifting. It's like when my kids were babies, they wanted something. They would crawl to it. They would ask for it. As human beings, we think desire is a bad thing. My thing is, Oh, there's something that has me want to get up off my butt and move into something. I love that. I love that. And what I desire isn't going to make me, when I achieve it, isn't going to make me happy. The house, the car, what we were talking about. That's not it. It's who I'm being and who I'm shifting in my being in order to become that which is ready to receive what I desire, that's everything. That's the joy in life. This is the thing that every day when I'm not desiring or not stepping into who I'm being, it's so easy to step into my mind or my thoughts or my fears. I love these kind of things to talk to people. I love serving people, helping people. And then of course, then whatever it is that I'm called to create next in my business, next in my life, that fuels me. This year for being in Japan was our desire. We're having a new home built in Vancouver. And it will be my coaching studio. It will be where we live. It, everything in there, that desire, had I prepared for it. My desire years ago to spend a year, it will be a year and a half we're living in Tokyo. That came in 2016. I said, I'd love to let my kids live in their culture for a year. And the desire then begets something that moves us into action. And then I believe from our being, it can be joyful action. And even when there are challenges, like I was mentioning with my son, those challenges brought my wife and I together in a way that is powerful, that brought mm. us together with him. My daughter, on the other hand, she is just happy. She's got friends all over the place she's seven and she's she just leaves she just goes to her friend's house and in tokyo it's safe she's completely happy so we've just created this so my desire for creating this home in tokyo which ends around december when we move back to vancouver desire and then fulfillment of desire is just an expression of potentiality and oh my god that brings us as humans beings so much joy this is where we're so lucky as coaches, where we can be with people in the midst of the muck and the crap of their life and give them something to look forward to and love them the way they are, change who they're being, and then this expression of potentiality. Oh, my gosh. Gary, I um, I just wanted to ask you, as, for, as a future parent, what is the biggest lesson you always give to your kids. They they give me way more lessons than I ever give them. Uh, the greatest, they, they really don't care what I say. They really, like, 
they really don't care what I say. They care very deeply in how I am being with them. They care so much when I give them the space. The things that matter most to them are in the mornings when they're waking up, I spend time when they open their eyes, both of them. I prepare them to bring them to this table because they have Kumon math and Japanese homework before they eat. There's things they've got to do. They love that. My son is 10. He grabs my hand all of the time and we walk in Tokyo hand in hand. That's what matters. I take him to soccer practice. Last evening, I took him to his English academy. I mean, he can take the train by himself, but I go and I stay for two hours and then I do my internal work and he comes and I say, hey, big boy, what are we going to do? Hey, let's go get something, a little treat. That's what matters to them. After this podcast, because they're off of school early today, I'll be going with him to the temple and play with him. And then we'll have a coffee with my wife. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. That I'm there, that I keep my word. What I say doesn't matter. Not much. But when I'm, no matter what happens in grade five, if it's hard for you, you can count on me. I will be there. We will make it right. We will make this the best year. That's what matters. I love it, Gary. You know what I strongly, strongly believe? When parents emotionally available for their kids, this is the biggest gift they can give to them. It is. It doesn't matter what you say. Uh, my mom was always saying to me, do not educate your, your kids. Educate yourself. And your kids will do exactly <laughs> what you do. The wisdom, the wisdom is so powerful. My kids know when I say I love you, they know it comes from my heart. They know that I care and I take time and I give them attention. Mm -hmm. I say, I just, I say to my son, I love you, big boy. And he says, I love you, big daddy. And I say, I love you, my little girl. She says, I love you, big daddy. That's everything. And then they see how I treat my wife. They see when there is connection. They feel that. So I really place this. This is really the foundation of my whole life. I love my wife with all my might. I love my son and daughter with all my might. In this, I'm creating a basis that my wife can fully self-express herself, that my kids can be free of the fear that we were talking about that we are born with or we're taught so that they know, oh, daddy creates what he wants. He says he wants something and he becomes that and he creates it. That's it. And he's got time for me and he loves me. And when he makes a mistake, he can own it. This is the best gift I can give my wife and my family. The best gift that they can return. This is amazing, Gary. I'm so glad you, I'm so glad I've asked you this question. Thank you so much for sharing. I want to talk a little bit about your coaching practice. I know you, you didn't want to become a coach. You didn't believe in coaching at the beginning. <laughs> Why? I don't know if I didn't believe in coaching. I just didn't know what it was. But back in 2008, 9, 10, it was just 
a life coach was just something that really seemed flaky and not, it just didn't seem of substance. And what I was doing in Tokyo, I was running my business. I still own my business in Vancouver, but I was running it remotely, but I had a lot of free time. So I had an English teaching certificate plus my you know, degree with honors in business. So I decided to use it and become a tutor and I would help people to learn English, but it became apparent that I didn't want to just do that. That wasn't all I wanted to do. And I was doing a lot of work internally and I decided if I would help people, I'd ask them, why do you want to learn English? And they would tell me why. And then I would kind of do a coachy kind of consulting type of thing and people would find me and they would hire me because I didn't do what everyone else did. Everyone else would just put a clock down and then they would just give a lesson. I would actually talk to them. I did a mind map and say, what do you want to do with English? And then I made a bespoke course for them that every week we would work on their goal. So what is that? That's coaching. And my best friend said, Gary, you're a coach, you're a life coach. And I said, please don't call me that. <laughs> but what was so clear was I loved my life so much, helping people and listening to people that once it became apparent when I sold my company and I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, I kind of thought this is the kind of life that I'd want and anything that I decide to do, I put my whole heart into. So I did life coaching, personal coaching, executive coaching, leadership programs, certifications. I just went all in to this and I followed my heart. And it was really when I hired Steve Chandler and joined his advanced client systems that my business started really taking off. And then I got into the notion from Steve Chandler that if we provide service, it's not icky. And that's where mm. Dave Schwenem and Melissa Blackford and I came together. And for two years, we created the service team. Melissa is doing beautiful things with her magnificent book and her beautiful Facebook page and question and answers. And she's working with Steve Chandler, just really building on this. And in my business, all I do is serve. I serve everywhere I go. And in the act of service and being Gary, people find me and I serve and we create and people hire me. And I have a full practice waiting list, international practice. Again, it's what I desired. And I just followed each step to bring it to this. And right now I'm working on the 2.0 of my business with Steve Hardison and what is happening and how it is progressing into the next level. It's, it's just beautiful. And I've given myself space in Tokyo to really create what's next in serving people, and then next year, the unveiling of what's next in my business. Mm. The power of being with a coach is just unbelievable. Gary, what would be your best advice for coaches who are just started and perhaps struggling with getting new clients or don't know what to do? Definitely. Things like 
Melissa's work or, or a group program, if that's all that financially you're able to commit to. So initially joining Steve Chandler's advanced client systems was my first step. And then very shortly thereafter, hiring him, making that financial commitment, which was more than I was really earning at the time. That step and act of faith in joining with Steve Chandler, and I worked with him for three years. And in that, we created a business like that went beyond six figures to really strong six figures when I wasn't earning that when I started. We created all of the money paid up front to hire Steve Hardison. So you can imagine, I have to live off my business. I have to do this plus the money. He helped me do this. So my greatest advice is hire the coach that you connect with that believes in you work with him, see all of the areas as an undercurrent, which are preventing you from creating what it is from being as powerful as you can be. But I know that my two coaches, Steve Chandler and Steve Hardison, propelled me to being and becoming the greatest man that I can be, the greatest Gary that I can be. And I purposefully chose that Steve Chandler and Steve Hardison would actually create me as a powerful creator. I didn't do it so that they would create or I would create a business that was secondary. I remember one time when I was working with Chandler and then he goes, Gary, for three months, you haven't talked to me about new clients. Do you still want to hire Steve Hardison? I said, I made enough money this year. I didn't have an incorporation that yet. And I said, if I earn any more money, the taxes will kill me. I want to be a better dad. I want to be better here. I want to prepare for what's coming up. And he said, great, let's prepare so that you have a waiting list of clients. And that's what we did. But this is where he was so smart asking, do you really want this? Yes, I do. This is the situation. Oh, let's do this. Let's make sure you've got a better relationship with your son. And let's build a waiting list. And it's something I still have, but I can thank Steve for asking me the question because a coach can see beyond what we see. This is the beauty. This is the thing. This is where my whole life is different. Every time that I fly to see Steve Hardison, it is like my wife says, I know when you come back, you're a different person. When I fly back into Canada, the customs will, agent will say, what were you doing? And I said, I flew to see my coach. He goes, what were you coaching on? And I said, I was coaching on this, this, and this. And I said, and my wife is always telling me she's so happy because I'm a different person. And then they always laugh. They're like, is that a good thing? And I said, according to my wife, it is. And that's the, the biggest evidence. <laughs> it is. What was your biggest? lesson you've learned from Steve Hardison? In creating who I am being relentlessly, lovingly, I am a lighthouse, a beacon of service without thinking about service. And it creates something within me that always knows what to say and what not to say, always knows what to do and how to do it always knows that if there's a disturbance, 
that work, if I look at that work, whatever that work is within everything that I've been given from my work with Steve Hardison, the gold that is found within that creates actual new lands of discovery, of potentiality. So I never worry when things are difficult. So that is the thing. And I've learned from him through going to Rolling Stones concert with him and two other gentlemen, we won some kind of a uh, uh, um, quiz or something that he had that we got to go. I got to spend time outside of coaching with him. Just when we're there, I got to go to the Mormon temple with him because it was there. He goes, I'm going, would you like to come? It's not open to normal people and just spending time with him and seeing how he is and how he is with everyone, witnessing how he was with everyone in India, how he is all of the time. Mm -hmm. If you love yourself so deeply, like Steve loves himself and his wife so deeply, then you're able to love indiscriminately and you're able to have a joyful life all of the time. This is the greatest thing that I've learned from my coach. It is beyond what you would imagine you pay a coach for. Have you, I know you work with IIT who want to take their business even further up. Have you ever had a situation when you work with, a, with a someone on their business and despite all the internal changes, those people didn't see external changes like more money you know business growing or something have you had this situation before and if so what did you do it's a beautiful question i'm very clear with people that when you hire me i'm not guaranteeing some external result mm. what i am working with is we will create within you the shift in being to create the tools for yourself that you will be able to be with life in a way that is powerful, that even in the scope of our work, you might not achieve exactly what you want, but you'll always get what you're wanting, even if you don't know it yet. So this is where in my I am statement, I always get what I want from my source, often in ways that I can't yet appreciate. So let's say if someone hasn't quite hit the financial goal that they want in their business and we stop working, I kind of have a guarantee, you could say. It's a customer service guarantee where if you've worked with me, I don't lose you. You're not not part of my life. I won't coach you, but I am there. People call me. They are with me. They let me know their victories. They let me know I didn't see this at the time. But this is what I've learned to just be with someone where it's not like we just end. But if I think of someone, I'll say, how is this going? How are you going? How are you doing? How are you being? So that A, they will always feel held. And B, what really matters is, who are you being with yourself? Who are you being with your wife, your partner, your husband? Who are you being? So whatever happens, 
I'll be with the clients. And sure, some of them might not achieve exactly, but they always have a shift in heart. And then something clicks over time, always. But in the work that I do, I'm not interested in growing a more vibrant rat race for people. I'm not interested in having them go back into something. I'd rather have them find a peace of mind and a freedom of heart to create the life that they want. This is everything. And in that, when they have the own tools, their own tools, it's like I have my own tools from Steve Hardison and Steve Chandler that I use all of the time. Thank you so much. Gary, where people can find you? Um, they can find me at GaryMahler.com is my website. You can take a look. There's not many words there. There's some blog posts from a, a while ago and some testimonials from people I've worked with and the kind of work I do with them on there. Um, if you email me, restart at GaryMahler.com is another place. And on Facebook, Gary Mahler, if you type it and you see a little picture of me and my son in Hawaii, that's the Gary Mahler you're looking for. Or on um, Instagram, Gary M5, small o5, I believe is my handle. And I rarely post anything, but I, I, I do post stories of where I am and what I'm doing. And it's usually coffee or food or just some place in the world that, that I am that's interesting. So that's where you can find me. And people reach out all of the time for some reason. And I just love being with people and then things emerge. So that's how you can find me. Well, visiting your website is uh, the whole experience. You can have a, <laughs> such an amazing <laughs> such an amazing experience just going through your website and asking yourself all these powerful questions and just feel this energy so my listeners i would i would highly recommend to to check this out gary before we go do you have any concluding thoughts wherever you are however you show up just spend some time in gratitude for this life that you've been given, the expression that you are, the freedom that we have to choose what we can focus on, the ability to step into something greater than ourselves. Just be grateful that you're alive. Be grateful for you, the gift that you've been given. Bathe in that, sit within that. It's the gift that I give my wife and my kids and I give myself daily. I'm so grateful that I get to be Gary at this age, at this place in time with all of the warts and pimples of life and difficulties of life. And from that, I promise you, there is the ability from an I want that, a desire to create the life that you want and to emanate joyful happiness for the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Mara. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would really love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. What did you like and what would you love to hear more about? For more information about my story and my 
work, go to my website at annadichburn.com, where you can also download for free my seven secrets that I've learned about being happy from the inside out. So thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Bye for now.